2: to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and in this episode, my sensational co-host, Dr. Damien Christoph, and I take our interview with Talisha Kendall a step further and go into her uh, battle with Crohn's and we pick it up where she's
1: um, talking about the details of having a fecal transplant. And I was hassling the doctor for years to teach me how to do it at home and finally they caved in and... So I did them all at home. Wow! <laughs> oh, no, that'd be
0: right your <laughs> Well, no, <it> was yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how does this happen? How does it work? Whose poo did you use?
1: Okay, so that was actually very oh, difficult. Hold on,
2: hold on, Damo, You have to explain what this whole faecal transplant is. uh, I kind of don't want to know, but I do want to know. It's that weird voyeuristic thing. Explain what a faecal transplant
0: is. Okay. A faecal transplant is where you use someone else's uninfected feces. In other words, it's the good quality poo. So you've got to find someone who's got a really good balance, good mix of good bacteria, no inflammation, no known gastrointestinal disease, and then you put that poo inside you. And um,
1: <laughs> what, what when, end, when, when you, you, you say it, it though, like right? that,
0: <laughs> what's that MP? I know it's bad. Hate to Hey, it. What was that MP? What end do you put it in though, mate? Well, this is what I'd like to know because I don't actually know. Do you swallow it or? So
1: in Canada, they are developing pills where you can swallow it. And yeah. obviously, they've, they've um, got all the good bacteria out of the donor um, and they've cleaned it. And then they put it in a pill, and you swallow it. Yes, it's not on the market yet, and it won't be for a couple of years. Right. Um, in Australia, and we have the leading person, who's Professor Barodi. Um, he's been doing this for years. Um, in Australia, we do it up the other end. Yeah. Um, so just like an enema, but um, a very beneficial one. <laughs>
2: And you did
1: this. At I home. I did this. So my first You have
2: friends come over and help you and you have little parties and
1: No, but I I did I did have people trying to work in, in the garden. I'm like, go away, I'm busy.
0: You know? Michael you're into weird stuff, like a poo party. Come on, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was
2: thinking you're on the call, Joe. It's a around. It's, it's terrible it's You
0: terrible. always always fall to the lowest common denominator, that's what I yeah, say. It's, it's,
1: it's- okay, no. So the way it works, um, the best way to do it is to get the first dose injected via a colonoscopy. And this has to be done by a gastroenterologist in a hospital environment, obviously. Um, So I had an amazing gastro specialist and she put her hand up and said that she would do it. She was um, the woman on Catalyst the other other night. Um, So she convinced her hospital to allow me to be the first person. And she went through training and they did it all in there, and then I went home. And for the second day, I had to go to my donor's house and pick up his lovely donation. <laughs> um, we put them in chicken bags <laughs> so that I couldn't see them. Far um, out. And so every morning, I'd text and say, "Is my chicken ready?" And he'd say, "Yep, come pick it up." <laughs> um, so These then, couldn't
2: use the word. <laughs>
1: I couldn't use the word, still can't. Oh, okay. I find it hard. Um, so then we'd go. I'd go home, and um, I found it a lot easier to make the mixture outside in the garden and pretend I was making mud pies with my daughter, <laughs> and just visualise nice healing things. Yes. Um, so we'd make up, I'd make up the mixture, and then obviously go and do the procedure every day. Um, sometimes I missed some doses because I just couldn't do it Mm. Um, but I did the best I could for six weeks and that along with the hormonal therapy and all the dietary changes I did, you know, fixing my vitamins, my mineral levels and acupuncture was amazing as well. Um, I think all of those things combined really um, broke the cycle for me and started me getting better.
2: And Damo, you know what I love about this? I'm just having a look at the list um, because Joe Witten's put a list. um, Well, Talisha did a guest post on Joe Witten's quirky cooking blog and Talisha put a list of everything kind of that she did or everything that she tried to do. And what fascinates me, Damo, is that so many people are looking for the magic bullet. And do you remember when we interviewed John Demartini and he said, people are looking for the magic bullet often get shot?
0: All the time.
2: Right? Yeah. I love that quote. and. I asked this to, to Alicia last night but you might want to just say it again um, and you know what I'm going to say. But do you think this was uh, one thing that saved you or a combination of every single thing? I mean let, let's have a look at it. A, it's
1: a combination for sure. It's You know, without the acupuncture, I wouldn't have had an hour's rest every day. Um, you know, when I was sick, I wasn't sleeping at all. I mm. couldn't relax. I was in total stress mode the whole time because that was so painful. And pain, yeah. Yeah, so the acupuncture allowed me an hour of rest. Without that rest, I wouldn't have had the positive mentality to keep going. I wouldn't have had the drive to not give up. You know, I was um, ingesting anti-inflammatory foods every time I could. I was trying to rebuild my bacteria. I was trying to... You know, soothe my intestines. I was massaging them. I was putting oil on top of my skin in a hope to soften the scar tissue. Um, I was taking glutamine to rebuild the cell walls. You know, it was so many things. And I just think it, you know, people do want a quick fix. And I wanted a quick fix when I first got sick. And it wasn't really until I hit rock bottom where. You know, I had a newborn baby. I'm a single mom and I couldn't function. It wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I realized, wow, I just have to try everything and do it all at once and see what helps me and let that um, really pave my path.
2: Just because people are going to want to know, I'm just going to give a list of some of the things that you did. Yeah. You stopped eating, just lived on on coconut water. Um, This was not all at once. This was over the journey. Cut out dairy and wheat. Um, drinking elemental shakes with added Udo's oil, eating only soft foods like soup puree smoothies, bone broths, foods naturally high in good bacteria, anti-inflammatory foods, flax seeds, flax seeds soaked in water, uh, hormone therapy, that was like a progesterone cream, um, vitamins and minerals, Chinese herbs, sleep, relaxation techniques, fecal transplants, as you said, um immunity tablets, alkaline water. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's a recipe. Good it's health huge. Is everything. a recipe of lots of things. It's not It's not just one thing. And, and that list, I, I mean, it's extensive itself and enough. Um, but, Dame, I just want to mention one other thing which Talisha told me last night. And I don't know if Talisha recognized how powerful it was when she shared it. Hmm. Um, when you were in hospital, you had like a um, enough's enough moment where um, the doctors said that they were going to have to essentially take out your entire Intestine, yeah. The
1: doctors came to my room every single day, and every single day the surgeon would look at me and say, Are you ready for the surgery yet? Oh my god, and I would say no. And he'd Good say, on Okay, you. I'm gonna come and ask you tomorrow, to leave oh, you've got like no bleeding. other option.
0: Jeepers. So,
1: you know, and I believe that you know they thought what they were suggesting to me was right in their opinion, for and sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I just couldn't accept that. I'm single. I didn't want to have no intestines as well. And you know, I just thought it's it's too much for me. I can't cope with that. So, you know, when they kept coming every single day, I just went, No, f this, I'm going to get out my trusty computer and Google and find a way. And so I I bought with me today actually when I was in hospital, I got the nurses to give me a whole packet of yellow post-it notes and a texter, and I sat there on Google and I searched every known remedy that anyone all over the world had tried to fix what was wrong with me. Yeah, and I I went searching last night and I actually found a, a couple of them from the hospital. I want to hand them over. Yeah. So I, I covered basically every wall close to my bed with these post-it notes when I was in hospital, To basically so that I didn't give up, so that I didn't say, yes, I'll get the surgery. So every time they'd come in, I'd look at the post-it notes and I'd say, well, look, here's a hundred other ways to fix me. And that's,
2: this is the thing, isn't it, Damo, with health, not even just with a chronic disease but just with health, is that there's that, there's that moment in your in your life, and we spoke about this at the summit, where and LT said this like at the very beginning of the summit, like you have to you have to play full out, like independently. You're you are the only one that can live your life. You can't expect or hope that other people are going to do it for you. So I'm looking at this list, you know, she's got sticky notes of Ayurveda and pomegranate and geranium and coconut oil and Vitamin C and lecithin and all kinds of just different. You know, it's because it's that good old line of you know, if, if one thing doesn't work, just move on to the next thing. If that doesn't work, just move on to the next thing, and, and so on and so forth. But there was clearly that moment where you decided that you were the only one that was going to be able to help you heal. Yeah. And if you waited for others, no matter how good their intentions, but if everyone else came to you with their two bobs of, oh, this is what needs to be done and this is the only thing that can be done, then as you said, what kind of a life were you going to leave if you went down that path?
1: Yeah, you really have to take control of your own health and your own healing and, you know, for me it was quite an aggressive F this moment, you know. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be that person and it was interesting because just before I had this moment, um, a woman across the hall in the hospital came and showed me um her surgery and what it looked like and that really made me I guess it made it hit home what would happen if I agreed to what the doctors were telling me and if I agreed to have the surgery and for me it just wasn't wasn't an option I didn't think it was best for me so I just went no you know now,
0: Talisha there'll be people listening to this going you kill it you're killing me like, well, I've got to put someone else's poo inside me. Like, what the no. heck are you talking about? So, can no, I, just... I, don't, I don't
1: think everyone has to do that. I did that because I was terrible. Like, on a scale of, you know, 1 to 100, I was 101 in terms of how bad I was.
0: Well, I just um, want to take it back a couple of steps because there's, you, would have, you were getting a whole lot of early indicators. Right? And so I want to go back to the early indicators because you would have had gastrointestinal dysfunction a long time before you had any kind of blood or pus in your poo, right? Yeah. So this is important for people to listen to because it's the early indicators. Because yes, you can get to the very end and you can be threatened with losing your colon or losing your intestines and have all that ripped out before you decide to do something. However, what I'd like everyone who's listening to this to understand is that you're getting the indicators, you're getting the messages already. And if you don't listen to the messages or if you just think it'll be fine, it'll be okay, um, it'll go away then it may be too late one day, right? So um, yeah. and, and for you, you're very fortunate because there are some people with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis where their bowel perforates, they get peritonitis and oh, you know I
1: was I was extremely lucky. Yeah. And I thank that every day, you know, I think every time I walk down, you know, down the beach in the sunlight, I think, oh my God, thank God I can do this today.
0: And a lot of that's to do with your persistence, because you could have actually gone the easy route, had your intestines removed, and then lived a life of total challenge for the rest of your life. Because if, yeah, with that that's
1: the thing, that's not the easy route. It's just you know they paint it as the easy route, but it's not. It's no, hard.
0: It's tough. Like I can't even imagine what that would be like. You just, uh, I just don't even want to think about it. But my, but the thing is that what the reason why um, fecal transplantation works. Is because the reason why there's a dysfunction to the extent to which Talisha had in her gastrointestinal system is because the bacteria in her gut were the wrong ones, and so putting back into Talisha's gut the right bacteria or a good mix of better bacteria, because let's, it's highly possible that the guy that you you got your poo from, um, he has had antibiotics or he's had beer or he's had bad food or he's got crappy diet or there's, yeah, there's that ho-
1: was still better than my bacteria. <laughs> That's exactly
0: right. That's, That's right. That matters. <laughs> the most pure, but the most pure poo that we can get obviously comes from a breastfed baby. And until the, and once antibiotics go in there, then, or antibiotics or as, you know, people get older in, in particular girls, when they get older, they go into the contraceptive pill. Yeah. Um, and you know, people start to take, di- you know, digestive, you know, suppressants like antacids or yeah. whatever or else um Metamucil and all they're, they're taking stuff that just disrupt their um, their biotic or their, their biota, their, their good bacteria in the gut. up those
1: warning signs that we were talking about. I mean, That's right. the warning signs. So you've got getting-
0: to get your bugs right. That's the key yeah. thing, right? So at the early stages when you're getting all this dysfunction, like there's people listening to this going, well, where do I start? Do I have to take someone? Do I have to get fecal transplant because I've got diarrhea? <laughs> no, you've got to get your bugs right. So make sure you get yourself good probiotics. Make sure you're eating foods that are fermented. Make sure that you're putting in the good food, you know, appropriate types of carbohydrate like vegetable-based and fruit-based carbohydrates to re-nourish the gastrointestinal system. Now, there'll be some people with food sensitivities like fructose metal absorption. The reason why we got fructose metal absorption in the first place is because your bugs are wrong. So if you get your bugs right and you get your digestion sorted with enzymes and hydrochloric acid and make sure that you're nourishing your gastrointestinal system, got the nutrients like glutamine and even herbs like licorice and... um, psyllium holes and things like that like all this stuff to fix your gut up do it now before it gets bad then you won't end up having to do what talisha had to do but if you're at that point where you've got the disease or you've been given the diagnosis then what talisha had to do is a very good next step before you go and take you know organs out
1: yeah well do you know what damo on one step further than that Mm. and this is really my passion now you know bring up your children so that their diet is good from the start. Bring them up so that they're having healthy homemade yogurt, real food, no packaged stuff, you know. Yeah. Get get them into the habits so that they're having the right kind of carbohydrates, you know, not the starchy pastas and rices and white flowers and things like that. And, you know, we, we talk about paleo lifestyle um, and I think... Even if you're not a fan of paleo, um, for those people that don't know, it's basically living like the guys did, you know, a million years ago. Um, Lots of meat, lots of veggies, just stuff that grows on trees and in animals. Um, I think it's a really good way with our children just to try and, if we can't help ourselves or we don't want to help ourselves, at least bring them up in the way so that their intestines and their guts are healthy from the start.
0: Yeah, it's a great call. But also, don't be afraid to have the conversations about poo. You know, ask your kids, what's their poo like? You know, Jackson hates it. He's 14. He hates me talking about (laughs) his poo. But I'm like, dude, was it a log? Was it big? Was it long? Was it, you know, from your wristy elbow? He's like, Dad, I've had enough. And I go, no, nah, come on, mate. We've got to talk about it. got to make sure. So every now and then I'll, you know, just check in and just make sure that they're good and that they're not hurting or he's not bloated. And I always make sure he's going twice a day. And yeah, it's important. Yeah,
1: and making them aware of, okay, if it's not okay, what did you do today or yesterday or the day before that could have caused this? And getting them to think about, okay, well, I ate this or I did this or I was really stressed because I had an exam or... You know, I went out on a sugar binge, or, you know, just getting them to think about it and see the connection because there is a connection. And a lot of people just don't realize. And it seems obvious to people like us who, you know, our tummies are um, really part of our everyday life. But, um, you know, some people don't actually realize that there is a connection between what you do and the type of food you put into your body and the feelings that you're getting in your gut. Well,
2: we could keep on going forever and ever but, Talisha, we're going to wrap this up and I'm going to say, first of all, massive thank you for doing this interview pretty much at short notice in less than 24 hours, <laughs> actually. It's amazing how the world works but thanks for being so honest and for sharing your story. No it's worries. Been I
1: just hope it helps someone.
2: Certainly <laughs> will. And I want to give a pump up to your wonderful Little Mashies. If you go to Facebook, uh, folks, and look up uh, Little Mashies, In Facebook, you'll see what the amazing Talisha Kendall is doing. And uh, if you've got kids or friends with kids or grandkids, uh, it's
1: a wonderful product to bring into the family environment. So they're basically just like the supermarket yogurt and baby food pouches except they've got a Ziploc along the bottom. So you spoon your own food in and then you can reuse them. So they're dishwasher safe, BPA free.
2: Nice work. Nice work. Damo, as always, great man. Many thanks for your wisdom on 100 Not Out. You are a episode. legend.
0: What an episode. That's great, Talisa. Thank you.
2: See and you, Damo. Remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best is to go to our website at thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check us out at thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.